The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. Welcome to the RPG After Years, your weekly show covering all things RPGs past, present, and the future. This is Rich. I'm Scott. And I'm Jay. This is episode four. Today's episode is all about fetch quests and why the RPGs put such a major focus on them now. But before, before that, let's catch up with the fellas. Scott, what have you been up to, buddy? Um, there's been a lot of gaming in my life this week, more than usual. <laughs> nice. Uh, but on the other hand, I didn't get into anything too exciting outside of that. <laughs> Just a normal week for me. Um, Jay will be happy to know that we have been steadily watching more of The Witcher. Huzzah! <laughs> we just did finished episode six, um, and I wanted to watch episode seven last night, but Corey didn't want to. So that's the the, the lot that I live in life. <laughs> but that means you, you only have two episodes left, right? So we should be able to get through that this week, hopefully, um, and I'll make it happen regardless. Since uh, spoiler alert, I think we're gonna review that next week. Uh, I'm really Yay. liking it so far, though. <laughs> Um, had a friend come over like we said we've been playing some Final Fantasy 10 with her um, we got to the veil so we had the whole wedding scene with Seymour and Yuna which is probably my favorite part of the game so that was really cool I remember that part of the game being like the biggest uh, blocker for me for a long time because like, of uh, every the boss that you fight right before that No, um, I'm not sure if it was that or if it was just actually see more i'm pretty sure his goons would like just wreck me because i <laughs> i wouldn't go about it strategically yeah so that makes sense um i've gotten back into ring fit adventure a little bit um uh, i did that friday and today as as a replacement for my cardio workout that game is fun guys if you're ever looking for a fun way to work out i highly recommend it i could use always fun <laughs> yeah instead of lifting just things up in the air yeah so I, I usually try to do like three weight days a week and then two cardio days, but I can kind of do whatever I want for that cardio. So if I'm feeling ring fit, I usually just can break that out. Um, <laughs> this is really random, but I, I also watched uh, Aladdin 2 Return of Jafar <laughs> on Disney+. Plus. 
the same friend we were playing Final Fantasy X with, we couldn't figure out what we wanted to watch once we had done Final Fantasy, once we had finished with that. And she had never seen Return of Jafar. And I'm like, ooh, do I have a bad movie for you to watch? (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know if I've seen very many Disney movie sequels, like maybe Frozen 2 and then like the Toy Story movies. I I can't think of anything else I've seen a sequel for. I mean, have you seen all the Avengers and stuff like that? Those are Disney movies. Uh, yeah, sort of. <laughs> he means classic. Like anime I know. Disney. I know. <laughs> um, I had Return of Jafar on VHS when I was a kid, and I think I watched that one more than I did the original. Um, and I think that's uh, probably what, when you're a kid, you don't have like any kind of good taste. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, Rich, you will be excited to know that I have gone back to my Final Fantasy 1 file <laughs> that I abandoned like a year ago. Um, I've decided that I'm going to finish it. So I, I left the, the dungeon. If you guys will remember, I had gotten to the bottom of like the last optional dungeon and then yeah. it's like 100 floors Ooh. and I couldn't beat Omega at the bottom. I had gone in like totally unprepared for a super boss. I just didn't know there was one at the end. <laughs> um so I, I bit the bullet, left there, and have started grinding again. And I think I can probably strong enough to go beat them now. So I'm going to do that. Nice. And then, Rich, I'll probably have it beaten in the next, like, two or three weeks. Um, so how's the? you'll have to update us on the mages gone wild. <laughs> uh, as the expression on my face is, if you're in the stream, it's not anywhere <laughs> close. I know. The abandonment of my games is massive. Womp, womp, womp. I know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I had a, another buddy come over one day this week and he started a file on uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, he's a big Zelda fan, but doesn't have a Switch or a Wii U, so he hasn't had that experience. So we let him start that. Although that's not really a good game to play together with a friend because it takes a long time to beat, assuming you follow the story. And it's like, you can sort of play that game however you want to and end up going on wild tangents that take hours because the story itself isn't that long. So we'll see how that goes. It takes forever just to get off of the plateau. Yeah. And I think we played like two or three hours that night and he's, he's got one shrine left before he can get off the plateau, but it does take a while. Um, Corey's been playing the fire emblem three houses DLC. He started that up. Um, it's pretty hard. The battles in there have been a lot harder than the ones he was doing in the main story. However, it does give you like a um, your own set of characters, like a new, new set of characters. So it's not the same ones you had in the main story. And so it's like you sort of got to work with the parameters they give you instead of, you know, having a super powerful team or something. <laughs> um, there's been a couple battles. Like these things take a long time where he, he played for like an hour and then lost. <laughs> And that's one of the problems with strategy RPGs. So the story hasn't been that great in it either yet, I don't think. So I, I remember playing it. I remember playing um one of the Fire Emblem games and spent yeah, spending like hours on it. And and there are some times when you can get to like like you're you're doing so you're losing pretty badly, but you can like I don't know, uh repetitively like heal yourself, attack once, heal yourself, attack once, like yeah. actually uh, just chip away. And I remember spending hours and hours on uh, multiple different huge battles and just barely, barely winning. 
by just <laughs> chipping away, healing, chipping away. Yeah. Um, well, the last battle he tried, the there was like a specific victory condition. It was like, get all your characters to this spot on the map. And it was sort of like escape the dungeon type deal while you're being chased. But he thought it said, just get to the exit. So he was like leaving characters behind and he got all the way there. And then <laughs> it's like, nope, that's not what you're supposed to do. He was pretty mad. <laughs> um, the only other thing I've been playing last night, we played Astral Chain again for quite a while. Um, I think last time I talked about it, I said that it was starting to get kind of boring with like not a lot happening. Well, our session last night fixed that. Um, <laughs> it was like epic as fuck, just like huge bosses and lots of plot developments. Um, I thought if I hadn't known that there was like three more chapters after where we were at, I would have been like, is this the final boss? Cause it was that epic. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I take back what I said about astral chain being boring. Um, and so I'll probably finish, we'll probably finish that before too long and then we'll give it a review on, on the show. So that's it for me. Um, what about you, Rich? Well, I have played a little bit of Alondra. I played about an hour or so and then died. I lost all of the <laughs> progress I made in a dungeon. So I'm a little pissed off about that. Wow. Seems like the theme this week. Yeah. <clears throat> so what happened was I actually was, I think, towards the end of the, the dungeon. And then all of a sudden I jumped down and like enemies swarmed me. And then I was dead. No health, no nothing. I'm, I, I basically was like, I'm done. I'll deal with this starting my stuff back up tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I did that. Um, I finished. Uh, uh, real quick, Rich. Yeah. Uh, Jay, you probably didn't see this, but in the Discord, Rich created like a schedule for himself. Like on Tuesdays and Thursdays, he plays Alundra. And on Wednesday, he plays Final Fantasy fourteen. Yes. <laughs> Something yes. like that. What, what's Hold your tail? Where are your tails days? Uh, Tales Day is, let me pull that back up here. I think it's on a Friday. I think. Hang on. Go back to that. Gaming schedule. I lost like where I pinned it. There it is. Okay, so Monday is 14. Alundra on Tuesdays. Wednesdays, Final Fantasy 14. Thursdays, Alundra. Sunday next week is Tales of Berseria. So I've got, I've got some schedules out there. So, are, you, are you sticking to it so far? I'm, I'm trying to, yeah. I, I did play a little bit last night of, what was it, yesterday's. Um, didn't get to Tales of Berseria last night because we were at a party for work, so I couldn't get to that one. But, you know, I've been playing the other ones, so it's pretty good. Well, work's even interfering yeah. in your, your gaming time now. This <laughs> <laughs> is adult life. Yeah. Um, so I finished uh, a book, Way of Kings. Is that uh, one of the Wheel of Time books? No. Oh, what is it? Way of Kings is good. Yes. It's, never way, heard of it's it. uh, the Stormlight Archives. It's by Brandon Sanderson. Oh, so it I is think a I'm Sanderson still, book. I'm pretty sure I'm still on the second one. It's been, oh my God, it's been over a year since I read it. Since I, I, I'm like halfway through the second book and haven't touched it in like a year and a half. It's it's really good. This The Way of Kings is, is amazing. I think I'm um, going to start that first Witcher book uh, here in the next week or two. Yeah, uh, you go. Because I, I need a new audiobook to listen to. So, yeah, Way of Kings is forty-two hours long. <sighs> yeah, forty-five I, hours actually. Yeah, I am. I am about halfway through Words of Radiance. Whoa! So yeah, good times, good times. Uh, good and then, and then I bought some Switch games. 
Deskia One and Owlboy. Nice. I remember when we were announcing the release date of Deskia One. <laughs> yeah. Found uh, it used at GameStop. So I was like, why don't you put that aside for me? I'll pick that up on Friday. And bam, I did. It's supposed to be um, good. Oh, yeah. Or and Owlboy. Anyway. I don't know. Uh, it's sitting in my collection of Switch games. And I don't then, even know what Owlboy Like, I know it's a popular indie game, but I don't know anything about it. It looks like a platformer. Hmm. As far as I know. I don't know. I do like and platformers. Then, yeah. And then I've been streaming Final Fantasy fourteen. I've been uh, playing yeah. that a lot lately. I'm still in A Realm Reborn. So I'm like four expansions behind. No, three expansions behind. <laughs> nice. Got a lot of content to go through. Um, yeah. I popped in on one of your streams the other day. And, uh, yeah. Not bad. It was my first time no seeing. <laughs> uh, no. I'll remember me that. with no pants. Oh, wait. Actually, you know what? Uh, when I first turned it on, I was in the shower. So. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, nice. The... It was my first time seeing Final Fantasy XIV outside of like trailers. It looks like it could be potentially fun. Yeah. I mean, you don't mind the grind and reading and yeah. random people you meet. So, guys, Rich has been jumping on Twitch to stream it. And so keep an eye on the Discord and the Twitters and stuff to see when he's doing that. And then you could watch him stream. I'll probably do that again today. Nice. Yeah. After your work. <laughs> yeah, at some point. I don't gotcha. know. Let's see what happens. So, Jay, what about you, bud? Uh, my, my week has been, uh, less fulfilling as everybody else's. I've had been quite busy with work. Um, but pretty much I've only played Tales of Berseria and Tales of the Abyss. Uh, both of them, I am almost done with the first act. So about 10 hours into to each Man. of them. And, um, so Tales of Berseria really just started to, uh, to take off. Um, I, comparatively to tales of the abyss i was i was kind of like ah tales of the abyss is is totally better but now they're they're kind of equals right now both coming up on the ends of the first act um what system is abyss on i'm playing it on the um 3ds that's what i thought yep it's uh it's really good i also so (laughs) how many acts are there uh, i think there's three in both games okay yep so tales of the abyss um the the overworld and as you're walking in cities is completely 3d like you have the um four you can go up down left right blah 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 diagonal i thought in the the battles you could only it was kind of like a scroller you could only go uh front forward and backwards like a like a side scroller Mm -hmm. then i i found out i don't know eight or nine hours into playing the game that you can hold the uh, um the left trigger and like go like free walk across the 3d plane and then whenever you let go of the um the l trigger you're just back to forward and backwards um so that added a nice little touch to the gameplay because i thought it was just a um it's always crazy whenever you're like way deep into a game and figure out a mechanic that was like there from the beginning like oh (laughs) especially a mechanic like that because yeah. it would have made a huge difference because you you do more damage when you're behind enemies and i'm like okay there's there's absolutely no way that you can get behind an enemy unless they face somebody else and i'm like oh, oh my yeah. god you can just you can just walk around them <laughs> i had no idea actually that same thing a similar thing happened to me uh last night when i was playing astral chain i figured out so in Astral Chain, you have these legions that are attached to you by a chain, and they're kind of like monsters that do your booting, and you control the monster and yourself at once. 
figured out that if you hold L2, it brings up an ability list for the Legion. So they have like their own unique abilities. And I went like, you know, 30 hours into the game without figuring that out. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about those two games kind of in depth because I've been very impressed with them, especially with, uh, so both of them kind of have like a, uh, a main, like a protagonist that you're not a huge fan of, uh, like uh, Velvet in Tales of Berseria is like a, just a, she's very rude, very mean, <laughs> um, but not too bad. And then Luke in Tales of the Abyss is like a spoiled brat who's just a jerk to everybody. And there's this cute little uh, little creature called Mew in the game that you, he just like kicks it around and calls it a thing and tells it to shut up all the time. I'm like, oh my <laughs> god, I hate this guy. Um, but like as the game's progressing, you're seeing that he like he's hmm. becoming more of a. I wonder less if it's a, a normal brat. thing in tales where like you start off with a, a unlikable character and you, they slowly grow on you. Maybe, but I I'm a. Uh, I'm deep enough into the story that I'm like getting a bigger picture of what it's going to be like. And so far they're, they're both really, really good. I just got through um, with tales of Berseria, just got through one big uh, boss battle that like many uh, JRPGs, you can't win. Uh, um, it's one of those. It's just like, okay, you're fighting the main antagonist and you just yeah. can't win. Um, Common trope. Yep. Lame. <laughs> Game shark it. Uh, right. But yeah, I'm looking forward to playing those. I did watch Megan and Gracie play Pokemon Shield. They are, um, they only have three Pokemon to catch before they've completed the Pokedex and uh, of exclusive, like Shield exclusives. Nice. Um, so that's what they've been doing. It's been pretty, pretty fun. They've gone farther in the Pokedex than I ever have in any Pokemon game. So. <laughs> Dang. Good for them. Yep, that's it. Uh, that's it for me. All right, well, let's move on. All right, remember our Patreon, guys. What can we do on that, Jay? Uh, so our Patreon has quite the benefits. Uh, so you can get, depending on the, the level in which you decide to, uh, to subscribe or donate or whatever the proper terminology is there, uh, you get early episode access, uh, episodes that are ad-free, you can participate in live uh, video versions. Uh, we are streaming on YouTube and we'll send out that link. Uh, so we are also going to have bonus episodes like the, uh, the anime corner, which the first episode is in planning uh, the aftercast, which is going to be a, uh, a little more potentially um, what's a controversial. <laughs> we're we're going to uh, kind of dive a little bit more into let our, our true feelings fly. Yeah. Let the yep. true, no, no, uh, no PC content, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then extra reviews, like for example, Scott and Corey just did a review of Luigi's mansion three. So become a patron and you can, uh, you can go watch that, but there, sure. there are plenty of benefits that should go up this week. So Woo-hoo. not sure on right. the exact day yet, but yeah. So like Jay said, we're actually going to be doing our uh, recording of the first aftercast the RPG controversies, such as, you know, they made Cloud gay, Tifa's chest is too small, Atlas censoring Persona 5, and et cetera. So just basically different um, types of gaming news and, and personal feelings about different controversies that are going on in, Those in the Those stories world. have like more of a political side to it. So I think yeah. we all have thoughts and feelings. It's difficult to discuss what we really think on the main show. 
yeah so we don't want to like you know make everybody really mad when we talk about our real feelings so we're gonna put right. that on a separate type of deal hopefully still be friends afterwards so <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad i um, think uh I think me and Jay lean the same way politically on most things. And I think you usually agree with us. So. Uh, yeah, usually I do. Like in my, in, I don't want to spit my political. <laughs> we'll save it. Uh, yeah. Cause I feel like that will just alienate like everybody and then I'll get kicked off my own show. <laughs> so, so real quick, one thing I didn't mention about the two tales games I'm playing. Uh, both of them are, are totally uh, fuck the church. That's <laughs> just nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think Grandy all... was like that too. The yeah. Grandia two was mm-hmm. so. Uh, I think on when we were doing the Fire Emblem review, uh, one of the things I pointed out was like the church in this one is not evil. How <laughs> is this the first JRPG ever to do that? I think I think Japan has a real problem with religion. Yeah, just, that'll just probably start. be another aftercast topic at some point. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason behind it. I, I'm I'm sure. So yeah. Well, you guys ready for the news? Woohoo! Hear ye, hear ye, gather round for all your news. Stop your clatter and listen close. Alas, you won't believe your ears. Listen close for the news. All right, what's first? First up, we have The Witcher makes more money since since Steam started selling it. Uh, So the way Steam works is that uh, whenever you sell a game for the first $10 million um, sold, Steam gets 30%. Uh, and then from $10 million to $50 million, Steam gets 25%. And then from uh, $50 million on, Steam only gets 20%. Uh, so since 2018, The Witcher 3 and uh, subsequently CD Projekt Red hit that $50 million in revenue. So now every copy of The Witcher sold on Steam, uh, CD Projekt Red gets 80% of that. Uh, so th- think about that for a little bit. That's only on Steam. 50 million revenue only on Steam. So that's pretty it, crazy. When did it go on Steam? 2018. Yeah, it's been on there a while. Like I have it on Steam and I haven't really played it that much. I'd be curious though about the, the Switch ones too. Like when that started getting kicked out, how much money they're making off this one game. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. They, I'm sure they've made so much, so much, especially since that's three years after the game came out when it was already a huge hit. Yeah. And when did it originally come out? 2015. I knew it was quite a while ago. So damn, that game is, it keeps selling. They keep finding new ways to release it. It's going to be like the new Skyrim before long. Maybe <laughs> Final Fantasy should take a few from that somehow. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they are they porting to- it to everything. The games have to be good in order to be that successful. So. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Shots fired. The Witcher 3 also got a, uh, a Switch update. So just a nice little uh, mostly graphic-related updates uh, for The Witcher 3 on the Switch, such as uh, like the rendering of distances and just certain textures. But also it added cross-save support between the Steam version or, or PC version and the Switch version. That's so cool. if, you're, if you're playing on your PC... You can move your save file to your Switch and take it on the go. That's pretty awesome. I don't imagine you've actually gone and looked at the update, have you, Jay? I have not. Nope. Okay. Not I have it. I have it on my Switch. I've I've got that update there. It was a pretty good size update. I'm curious to do the um, graphic changes on it because I did notice when I, pl- when I was playing on the Switch that it, it did have some downgraded graphics on it for sure. 
Yeah, it's quite noticeable. I'm just wondering if with these graphic options, if it helps a lot or if it makes it a lot less noticeable. I, I could try like, it. I didn't like watch a, a comparison or anything. But it, I think, you know, like I said, I'm really getting into this Witcher series and I've been sort of like inspired to, you know, take the deep dive into it. I, I'm probably going to listen to the book and uh, I might even eventually get to play in the game because I'm, I'm interested in it now. Ooh. my suggestion is to watch recaps of the first two games and just play the third one yeah i don't hear everybody i don't hear anybody ever talking about the first couple really other than they exist so obviously okay um so moving on so apparently it came out this week that final fantasy 7 remake is over a thousand gigabytes of download data space you mean 100? 100, 100. 100. Oh, 100? A, thou- a thousand a ter- is ridiculous. A terabyte okay. would be insane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I-, I thought I read a thousand. <laughs> uh, well, a hundred is still a ton. Oh, so that's like Red Dead Redemption 2? Yeah, I was wondering, like, I saw a lot of people talking about how huge it is. Do we know, like, what other, if it's, it's not the biggest one ever, right? I think that it's it's right up there. It's, it's certainly in the, the top five. I know uh, Red Dead Redemption was... Not between 90 and 100, and that was a huge game. It was a double disker, I thought. And Call uh, of Duty's up there too, Call, the newest one, because it, it's a massive amount. Jesus. It's like 110 or so, 120. For a Call of Duty game. Well, it's because they <laughs> just punch so much crap in it. It's yeah. all behind paywalls, though. You got to realize it's all behind the paywall. What, what, what's so weird is that Final it's only the first. It's supposed yeah. to be only Midgar. So I, I'm really skeptical. Skeptical. I'm so skeptical about this remake, especially how it's handling side quests. And it's most likely going to be like chaptered. It's not going to be open yeah. world, free roam. That's it's what I'm expecting. Um, they have been showing off like more like screenshots of side quests and stuff lately. So I'm assuming there's like at least some kind of free roaming in there. But... I guarantee the side quest is going to be, here's your list of side quests. You pick one, you start it, it puts you in the area that the side quest is supposed to be in and you Maybe. go do it until it's done. Just, and then just whenever like, you're done, it takes you back to the menu. Yeah. Just like um, Crisis Core did. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be like Crisis Core. It's going to be like Core Crisis missions Core. missions sucked ass. I hated those. It was like eh. the worst part of that game. But, eh. but you had to do them if you wanted to get like all the best abilities and shit, which yeah. sucked. But, Anyway, uh, I think that this hasn't been officially confirmed yet. It's just like the back cover of the Korean version of the game leaked somehow. But I of mean, course. it's probably the truth. Um, so clear out some space on your uh, hard drives there. Sweet. All right. So the super flu takes out Square Enix or takes Square Enix down to bare bones at Pack East. Um, so basically, with the the coronavirus attack out there, it is making it so. A lot of people are taking a lot more precautions. I know PlayStation pulled out of PAX, and then I saw Square Enix went down to sending just a few people to this event um, for <laughs> the <Final> sacrifices. <laughs> yeah, basically the Final Fantasy 14 because they know if you've ever been to conventions, it's there's the hygiene factor is like way down. So <laughs> yeah, um, hopefully nothing happens with that. But I just. Uh, Hopefully, take precautions and whatnot. So they're going to showcase some Final Fantasy fourteen stuff, um, especially with the new Ruby, the Ruby weapon that was announced in five point two patch. So good times. Hopefully, nobody gets sick. Wear your mask. Yeah, the uh, the whole coronavirus thing. It's like some kind of fake panic thing, but like 
a lot of places in China are like actually, you know, not going to work and shit like that. So yeah, they're locking people away. <laughs> and yeah. somebody who just came back from visiting Iran, not China, came down with the virus. So great, sweet. <laughs> but I mean, let's be real: the the flu is still way more deadly than this thing so far. Anyway, yeah. we'll see. It could, it could get unless you're unless you're old or a baby, yeah. which is a small portions of the population. Yeah. All right. So um, the next story, do you guys ever heard of the Little Town Hero game? Nope. Uh, basically, it's an RPG by Game Freak. It's got like this very cartoonish uh, look to it. Um, I remember when they first announced it, I was kind of excited for it because Game Freak was doing something other than Pokemon and it looked kind of cool. The concept is like everything takes place in this one single village. But then it came out digitally on Switch, I think, later on last year. And the reviews were pretty much unanimously, this thing sucks. <laughs> um, so anyway, it's coming to PS4, which is interesting because, you know, it's made by Game Freak. And it's also getting a physical edition on both PS4 and uh, Switch, I believe, as well. Um, I've seen some people talking about this as in like, oh, good, more trophies. But I've heard it's just pure shit. <laughs> um so yeah, that's pretty much it on that. Nothing to discuss if you guys don't know anything about it. Nope. Okay. So next up is Cyberpunk 2077. Seems to be getting its own NVIDIA uh, GPU. Um, yeah, nothing too special about that. It's kind of just a themed uh, graphics card from NVIDIA, uh, which is which used to be like a cool thing back in the day. I think it's not as cool anymore, but it looks like the idea of uh, themed PC parts may be coming back. Uh, so yeah, look forward to that if you're a PC person and completely disregard if you're not. Jay, can you explain what this even means to me? I not why would a game get its own GPU? I don't get it. It's just a. It's just like a themed, like uh, like buying a themed PS4. It's, yeah, it's, kinda, mar- it's marketing. Yeah, it's just marketing. But don't graphics? I mean, graphics cards go on the inside of your rig, so you not always. Even, Sometimes yeah. you have clear cases. Okay, yeah, cl- clear cases, and some of them uh, can be attached outside of the rig. Oh, okay. Well, I. When it comes to PC hardware, like I know, I barely know enough to get around it. So <laughs> yep, it it's, to be dangerous. It, it's not, it's nothing special. It just has like a cool yellow tinting, like a, a the blurred image that they, uh, that they released kind of just has like the edges of it. It's kind of like just detailed like yeah. a car. Yeah. Nothing special. I'm sure some people will be excited about that. Anyway. Voice options added to Yeast games. So uh, just a quick little deal about that. Yeast, the Oath of Flanagan, let's pronounce it, just had some uh, voice, English voices added to it as an update. That's really cool that they would add English voice acting to a game through DLC, like after its release. Yeah. I think they gave another East. Is it East or Yeast? I always said East. East. Yeast. (laughs) <laughs> um, the yeast memory, uh, memories of Celtia has been updated with a Japanese voice track. But that's it. Okay. So that'll, yeah. I mean, all the weebs will appreciate that. Oh yeah. And Jay, <laughs> <laughs> if he was right. into the game. Um, so Dissidia Final Fantasy NT is dead. So oh, this is the, the PS4 Final Fantasy fighting game. That was the port of the arcade version. I think everybody pretty much more or less agrees it was pretty shit. Um, yep. I played the demo. 
uh, I, I also hated it. <laughs> it's just too frantic. And I've never really thought that the Dissidia games were all that fun to play. I just didn't enjoy the battle system. And making it three on three is just makes it, you know, pure chaos. It's all tight. Um, I played the first Dissidia game and was not too into it. Yeah. A lot of people really like them. And a lot of people agree that the first two are pretty quality. But I think pretty much everybody says the console PS4 one is just shit. Um, so they have been supporting the game since it came out like a year or two ago. Uh, they've been consistently adding new characters like every two or three months. There's quite a bit of characters now including a bunch that weren't in the the original two games. But uh, I have to imagine that with it being so shit that just Square Enix hasn't gotten the public support from it that they needed. Um, so the servers are staying up so you can still play online, but no more new updates. I would love it if they would one day like do a proper Final Fantasy fighting game, but I don't trust Square Enix to do anything that makes sense. No. All right. Atlas tells fans to keep fighting for Persona 5 on Switch. So last in the last week or so, they've been just be tweeting out and getting rally behind putting Persona 5 on Switch. It's going to happen. I you think. would think. I think it's going to happen. I don't think they would say things like this if they weren't already planning on doing it. They probably already have it done. They're just like, let's just see how much hype we can get behind it and then just all of a sudden drop it and then everybody just craps their pants. That's what so. I think is happening. I think, I think they've already done it. And they're just trying to like, yeah, guys, you, man, I really wish you guys wanted this, this, <laughs> this box I have over here. It's really cool. Yep. It's pure bullshit because ever since Joker was announced for Smash, and even before that, probably people have been begging for it on Switch. Like every time Persona gets brought up or like, why is this not on Switch yet? Yeah, they, and, they already have it. They have yeah. to. So I think that's, I could talk a lot about that, but I think it's kind of like a, a shitty marketing tactic, but or what are you going to do? One. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay, so um, another news story that came out this week, Persona 5 Royal will be changing some what some people call homophobic scenes for the Western release. Um, basically, there is a couple like two-minute scenes in the game where one of the characters who is underage gets harassed by these two like older gay men. And it kind of implies that like they sexually assault him and it's played for laughs, but it's like, it's the only gay representation in the game. So there's a lot of people who are like crying foul because they're, they're calling it censorship. Um, and then there's a lot of people who are like, good. Um, but we are saving our discussion for that for today's aftercast. So look forward to that later. I think we have, uh, might have some good uh, opinions on uh, that. As a uh, as a sneak peek, I I am one of the good people. Me too. <laughs> uh, you know, fuck censorship, but I don't really. This is good censorship, if there ever was any. <laughs> Let's look into the RPGs that were released this last week. Um, so on the twentieth, we um, or yeah, yeah, on the twentieth which was not too long ago. It'll probably be like a, a week by the time this episode's released. We got uh, Katana Kami, A Way of the Samurai for Windows, uh, this, um, <laughs> PS4, um, and also Persona 5 Scramble came out in Japan only, uh, Nintendo Switch and PS4. On the 25th, we got Dragon Quest of the Stars, a Western release on iOS and uh, Android. 
and then Rune Factory 4 special Western release on the Switch. On the 26th, we got Hero Must Die again uh, on Windows 4 and PS4. And then on the 27th, we got Heroes Must Die again, again, but for the Switch. <laughs> nice. Upcoming RPGs in the last two, next two weeks. March 3rd, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Um, that's Western and that's for PS4. I don't really know about this game. Is it? I, th- I think it's like a mix of an RPG and a fighting game. And it's like a run, long-running series, but I haven't ever really touched it or know anything about it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so March 6th, Pokemon Mystery uh, Dungeon Rescue Team DX. Anybody getting that one? I will probably get it. I'm pretty excited for it. Okay. It looks good for what it is. It's a, a remake, of, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I'm not a big fan of roguelikes, but if you are, then it looks good. So, and then the final one, March 10th, Landgressier 1 and 2. Um, I'm picking this up only for the fact that it is... Uh, on the Switch? Yeah, that too. <laughs> it's on you the should Switch. just start a collection, like own every Switch game. I, I could try. But, <laughs> well, it's, it's an RPG that I think is on the list that we have. And um, with it being the one and two, might as well. I think it's a strategy RPG, though. Yeah. So yeah. it's on okay. my list. It's on my pre-ordered list. Uh, All right. I just went through one day and just started picking out, picking out Switch RPGs that were coming out and started just checkmarking them in my uh, Amazon <laughs> You do cart. have a list. I knew it. <laughs> it's in the cart. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. That's all the release dates that we have. Cool. All right. Finally done with that. Guys, I need a break. Okay. I, I feel like we I should take a one. break. Yeah, let's do that <laughs> let's before do we it. get to the main discussion. Hello, my name's Bill. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm here in the UK doing UK things, not being eaten by giant people. And I'm Tyler in the US, also not being eaten by giant people. And we host The Coordinate, an Attack on Titan podcast where we are. Uh, hold on a second, Tyler. Hold on. There's some weird noises going on outside the door. Let, let me just go check it out quickly. <sighs> Ah, it's Twitter Troy Titan. Ah, ah, my leg. Ah, he's eating my leg. Ah, Bill. No. Mm. Oh, oh, he's gone. He's eating my bloody leg, Tyler. Troy's eating my leg. Oh. Uh, anyways, uh, we're a monthly podcast where we read ah. an arc of the manga oh. a month, try to get Bill caught up. Uh, Bill, you want to tell them where they can find us? Oh, what? What? You want? What, what, what do you want? Where can people listen to the podcast? <laughs> Uh, oh, I don't have a clue. Oh, he's going to eat me. He's going to eat me. Oh. Oh, why are there so many cats in here? Oh, God, I hope uh, can I get a new co-host? And we're back. So let's get on to the main discussion. Let's talk about Fetch Quest. Let's do it.
Okay, so what do you want to talk about fetch quests, Rich? So what's up with all the fetch quests? Let's talk about why RPG, RPG developers spend so much time creating fetch quests, um, what the worst ones are, which ones has the most, uh, what's the worst thing about them, um, should games have them in order to fill time or push the story, really are they needed? What do you guys think? Well, real quick, uh, let me ask you this. What made you decide that you wanted to talk about this this week? So I was thinking about when I'm playing Final Fantasy XIV. There's a lot of different quests in there that are just like, hey, um, I need this piece of bread from a person that's halfway across the continent because I can't obviously get a piece of bread from the market down the street. Um, I need it from this specific guy. So you have to go get that, and then you have to take it all the way back to the person. So what's mm -hmm. the point? Like that's to me, like, is it, is it really needed? Like, why would I gain experience and money for all that? Well, it's really just padding. Right. And that's what basically pitch quests are. Yep. Padding. So it just, it, it kind of annoyed me a little bit about those. And we see a lot of fishing games <laughs> in Japanese games and they're starting to piss me off. So it every time there's a release, this topic kind of sounds like the, uh, the beginning of a bad joke. Like, what's the deal with all these fetch quests? <laughs> That's kind of why I titled it. I was like, eh, we could do this. Um, it's ridiculous. I mean, how many games that you guys now see, they get released and their marketing thing is like, and we have fishing. So, so what, is, what is your alternative? What would you rather have? Because, <sighs> I know. because there, there are plenty of reasons why they do fetch quests. Uh, one being that producing like legitimately like legitimate side stories that aren't fetch quests are very expensive and, and require a lot of um, people in regards to uh, just story and development all the way to um, you know the the actual development side of it. So fetch quests are a way to provide content to like especially in the case of an MMO uh, or Final Fantasy 15 was a way too extreme, but it provides a way for you to grind and level up your character to surmount uh, specific um, main quests while not just being go battle some stuff in the corner. Like it gives you an, like something that's a, l a little better than just go fight the same monster 700 times. Yeah. So what about um, looking back at, you know, should you be able to stack those fetch quests um, in order to get some main uh, awesome equipment? Should be something that we do or should they do that? Yeah, I think that would be one way to improve it. But like the, the problem that I have with fetch quests and, and, and really it's why I don't play MMOs is that really like it's, there's too many of them. That's a, I never did any of them on, on final fantasy 15 um, because it's, pretty much all that was there was fetch quests. And yes. to me, it's very boring. And while I understand why they do it, I, I feel like it's kind of the, the cheap way out and kind of shows maybe um, lack of direction and development because the Witcher doesn't like it ha technically has fetch quests, but they are interesting. So they need right. to have like some kind of background to it of having interesting dialogue, character development, and world building. The ones that we talk about are the ones that like we just said, the, the random go, go here, fight this monster, come back, bring me its leg. Like why, why do I need to do that? 
Well, here's the interesting so. thing. I mean, fetch quests are as old as RPGs are, right? Like, if you think back to even Dragon Quest, Quest 1 or Final Fantasy yeah. 1, there are fetch quests in those games. But I do agree with you that it seems to be getting more tedious and frustrating as we get further along, like in this current generation. Uh, 15 is a great example because if you take all the fetch quests out of that game, you could probably get through it in five to 10 hours. Um, there's just not, not that much content outside of it. Now I, I did them all. Like I platinum the game and went even further than that, you know, hundred percent, but I can't say that there were many of them that were interesting. There were wow. a few that take you to brand new locations that you don't have to go to otherwise and have like pretty cool bosses at the end of them. But other than that, there's like little to no story to them. Um, and I think that's becoming more common in just RPGs and video games in general. Just it gives you a list of quests and it's like, you can do this, 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 this. And that's all there is to it. Like you read a sign on a billboard or something. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, what's the point of all that then? Like, is it, is it considered lazy development if they just fill it in with stuff like that? Well, for starters... Go ahead. I think I think that uh, the idea of a fetch quest goes back beyond just like Dragon Quest. Like people in the '70s playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like, I mean, we must go here to to get this uh, this special sword. Like that's my campaign and this campaign for Dungeons and Dragons. Like it's um, it's it's not just a video game thing because in in reality that especially. Like if you go and work at your job, you're doing fetch quests. I mean, <laughs> Just I mean, totally that, blew my mind there. Now I'm saying, yeah. When you go to GameStop on the weekends, instead of recording with us, you're doing fetch quests. Go fetch this game for this person. I mean, basically, life is yeah. a fetch quest. <laughs> life is a fetch quest. Quote by RPG after years. <laughs> I think that you could. I mean, if you really want to dumb it down and be really asinine, you could call everything that you do in a video game a fetch quest. Uh, like, okay, you have to go defeat the Dark Lord. That's a fetch quest, technically. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the the what in between the beginning and the end is what really bothers us. Like um, Final Fantasy fifteen or just MMO. Uh, fetch quests in general it's talk to somebody they tell you to go do something you go straight there grab the thing bring it back you're done Mm -hmm. whereas uh, an example of being like the witcher there's usually story content like you'll you'll get a quest and you'll like the this mini side story will progress as you do that quest like oh i need to go clear out uh, some monsters for this lady you get there and you're like oh my gosh there's another witcher up in the the attic what's he doing here oh my gosh he's now gonna help me do things later on uh, but i still need to do this part of the quest for this lady and let her know what happened and uh yeah it's just the the in between that i think is the most important it all depends on how it's dressed up right whether that's basically what we're saying here yeah because <laughs> if you're just taking something from a list and you have to go do the x thing and then go back to the billboard then that's frustrating it feels like it's wasting your time kind of yeah. Well, okay. So going back, you meant we talked about um, the chapter list for the remake of Final Fantasy VII, and we brought up Crisis Core the way that was structured out. Um, it showed you what the reward was for it, such as getting awesome uh, gear or uh, abilities and stuff like that. That helped made you better down the line on the actual fighting for the story. Do those have a place? 
Uh, I mean, personally, I, I did not like the ones in crisis court. There's way too many of them. Uh, there's, I think there were over 300 or maybe exactly 300. Oh, um, and the maps that it took you to were like recycled maps that weren't very visually interesting. You just run along a path, fight monsters, and you could get some of the best shit in the game, like some OP powerful stuff. But I mean, you don't really need it for the main game usually. And it's just very repetitive and there's nothing really interesting to it. Yeah. I prefer immersion. They do give you a blurb before each mission where it's like, we need you to go to this place to recover this thing because this is happening and we're leaving it up to you, Zach, but it's just flavor text. It doesn't really bring anything to anything. Okay. I imagine they did that because it's easy. It's easy to, uh, yeah. to add hours to a video game so they can say, look at me, I made this 50 hour long video game. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to, you know, advertise to do everything. It will take you 150 hours. But yeah. do you really need to do that? No, you don't. No, the, well, especially for JRPGs, it's kind of like the, the time it takes for you to complete the game is like some sort of bragging right. Like I, I, every time I see somebody mention a JRPG that they're playing, they're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to, it's going to take me 70 hours to beat this RPG. I'm so dedicated. <laughs> but, but in reality, that's because you're doing these side quests or you're, you're doing these things that really have no, uh, nothing changing that main story. Mm-hmm. Like when all said and done, I'm probably going to be around 30 hours for those Tales games. But talk to anybody who's a big Tales fan, and they'll probably tell you it's a 50 to 60 hour game. Yeah, doesn't Disa? She puts in like a god amount of hours in games like that. Yeah, she's into them. Well, she's... I think the thing is, if you're having fun then do as many fetch quests as you want. It's yeah. when you're it's when you're not really having fun that they become arduous. Mm-hmm. Um I still I me personally I just think it's lazy um game development and when you just put stuff like that in there without actual purpose to it. Yeah. Um just you know go here fight this monster as a bounty or whatever like Final Fantasy 15 did. That's just lazy to me. It's yeah. like we ran out of time and we need to put extra crap in here or we don't have a really good enough story uh, the overall game to really make it important or whatever for, for people, for the player. So I used to be a completionist and it is still hard for me these days to resist like trying to do everything, but I know that I don't really necessarily have the time for that. And it would be better for me to just finish it, especially if it, you know, it's not just the fetch quests aren't necessarily fun and move on to another game. Um, and these days, if I hear a game say like the story is 30 hours and with all the extra content, it takes, it'll take you 90. I'm like, that's actually a turnoff for me. <laughs> I don't want to spend that long on a single game anymore. Unless it's just, you know, a fucking fantastic game like Breath of the yeah. Wild. Like we did 200 hours on that and the whole thing was fun for the most part. Like I, I genuinely think the game developers have good intentions when doing this. Like they they want to provide us games that that live up to the hype and uh, and have a long gameplay value. But I also think we have to remember that it's still a business. Like they're still trying to uh, right. to to make as much money they can with as like spending as as little as they can. And a lot of those decisions, I'm sure, are made by people who don't share the same passion that an actual developer is. So 
I guarantee you that uh, a large chunk of fetch quests that are that are that basically just seem like they're copy and paste and then some text change, they probably are actually copy and paste with some text change that an intern's doing. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, interns. Yeah, these these I'm sure that these fetch quests and most of the side quests that um that do not have um meaty content or any kind of impact on the main story are probably developed by the C team or the B team or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, so can you guys think, uh, so we named Witcher. What are some other games that have good fetch quests? Can we think of any off the top of our head? Mm. Um, the, the, um, the Dragon Age games. I remember the, every side quest in the Dragon Age games being quite good. Hmm. Uh, I think I've only watched somebody play that once. I, I really love whenever a uh, a game gives you side quests that focus on a specific character. Like if you have if you have six people in your party and each one of them has their own set of side quests to like further build their character, that's a huge um, a huge turn on for me. Right. And I would say that usually the Fallout games or like Skyrim, even though they're they're fetch quests, they're usually like a little story of their own. I remember uh, Oblivion especially is a good example where the all these side quests that are essentially fetch quests, they're, uh, they're good. There are, there's story to them. There's character development. You're learning something about the world or you're learning something about this character that's only going to be in your game play in your, your gaming life for one hour. Yeah, I agree. Um, a- another argument against, you know, people throwing off on fetch quests is it's like, well, you don't have to do them. So it's true. You don't have to, do. Um, but I want to. <laughs> you're crazy. Yeah, um, I think the Zelda games usually have pretty good uh, fetch quests. They're not. I mean, obviously, their Zeldas are usually pretty light on story, but they're so fun to play that you don't really mind. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. Um, I got. I mean, Destiny one and two. Those had bounties. Um, some were considered, I mean, they could be fetch quests, but more of a, you get to you go fight either a monster or collect certain things from killing enemies and bring them back. I mean, that was your bounty. So, I mean, that's destiny. Destiny was the most repetitive game I've ever played. Yeah. <laughs> it's an example of it though. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. It's what it, not the best. The first one was terrible with yeah. all that. So Final Fantasy XIII's version of fetch quests would be the the hunts once you get down to pulse. Um, however, I think a lot of people skip those until they beat the game. So the most most of the plot is pretty linear. You go from point A to point B, and there are literally almost no side quests to speak of until the post game, anyway. Yeah, it, would that be an example of one way to handle fetch quests? Is not really opening it up to you until you're yeah. almost through the game or That's through with true. it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so in for final fantasy 13, I see that as this is an optional thing that only people who want to keep playing can do. Right. Like it, if you don't like side quests, then don't do it. It's not going to be, um, not going to be huge. We, we provide enough story in the main story, uh, to, you know, get your $60 worth. Right. But with games like uh, like Skyrim, Oblivion, Fallout, those main stories are six hours. 
like uh, if you don't have side quests or world building um, stories outside of that main linear path, then you just paid, uh, I don't know, what, $10 an hour? Right. I mean, there are lots of RPGs that are fairly linear um, and don't open up their side quests till later. So that's one approach, I guess. I would say that all the two Tales games I'm playing, it's been completely linear, no side quests. And I mean, 10 hours and only being through a third of the games, uh, respectable in my opinion. And as long as the story's good, I, I'm one of those people that doesn't really mind linearity that much. Yeah, I, whenever whenever I was uh, broke as a joke, I would always be like, I'm not buying a game unless it's a 60-hour game. <laughs> yeah, I just can't do it. But now I'm like, I'm not buying a game if it's a 60-hour game. Like, <laughs> We're yeah. uh, we're gonna start Persona Five when Royal comes out, and like I'm already like I'm excited to play it, but I'm also sort of dreading it because I know how long it's gonna take. Yeah, I would say as long if you immerse yourself into like the the really time consuming aspects of it, you're gonna play it for a long time. But if you if you have it with the intentions of just getting the main story and playing the game, then it it probably isn't gonna be like a ninety hour. Yeah. But I could be wrong. So what do we think that devs should do to remedy this? Just make it... Don't be lazy. Make them interesting if you're going to have a list of fetch quests. Make yeah. Them, yeah. I think so. Make them interesting. Make it worth your time. And don't just copy and paste. It's an interesting problem because, like we said, uh, it's a lot easier to down or you know throw in 300 missions where you're doing the same thing than it is to flesh out each little quest. I would I would say instead of fetch quests, create uh, side stories for characters in the world. Yeah, like no fetch quests. Like I like even if it's an insignificant character, like like Mrs. Patty. <laughs> from the second house on the left in this city has a story. Like I would rather hear her story than go fetch some bread for her. We stand Mrs. Patty. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. I think we kind of covered a good portion of fetch quests. So let's see what uh, tea time with Bill's doing. Here's the thing. We don't have a tea time with Bill this week. <laughs> he did not get it to us on time. So, so no tea time. No tea time. Yay. <laughs> we should Thank have like God. a jingle for that. Yeah. Where there's no tea time. <laughs> Something's god awful. I'm just going to record myself like knocking off a mug from a table. You just hear like a shattering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So we're, let's wrap that one up. Let's uh, do our outros here. What's right. uh, next week? So next week we are planning on the long-awaited 
review of the Witcher TV series. Uh, so I've been wanting to review this since like two days after it came out on Netflix because that's how fast I watched it. Um, so, so with Scott finally watching it and catching up, uh, we are going to review that next week. Uh, so with that, we are uh, totally wanting everybody listening to send in their related thoughts and questions uh, or even just your reviews uh, on the Witcher TV series. Uh, you can send those to rpgafteryears at gmail.com. Uh, so you can, like I said, you can send in your reviews, uh, any questions you have about the series. If you didn't understand something, uh, I'm probably a big enough nerd that I can uh, talk about it or try to answer the question. Anything uh, and then, specific you want us to discuss about the show? Yep, any any specific uh, scene or topic that you'd like, uh, we're we're open to discussing it. You know, um, we'll have to come up with some kind of way to review a TV show. <laughs> I don't yeah. think we can like rate the gameplay or anything like that. <laughs> nope. Um, okay, so uh, outside of all that, we are you know this is only episode four of the show, and next week will be episode five. We're still sort of finding our footing and hammering in the format. I think we pretty much got it now, but we're interested in hearing y'all's feedback on how you think the show is, anything we could do better or things you liked, things you didn't like. We would love to get your feedback on that. Yes. So we'll go to plugs now. Yes. Discord. That is where all the conversations are happening with, um, with all things RPGs or just random books, uh, life, um, making fun of me for not playing games or Bill. Uh, so that's that's where we all at. Uh, that description is actually in the bo- description of the podcast um, on your uh, podcasting source. Uh, the link is in the out. description. Yes, that's yeah. the words I was looking for. <laughs> um, I just want way big description just for that link. Um, and then also we do tweet those out every week or so just to get uh, that fresh in people's mind. Yeah. Um, so also please rate and review us on your podcatcher app, Apple, whatever you use, Spotify. Um, we, we say this all the time, but reviewing is really the best way to get a podcast out there. Um, whenever we get reviews, it sort of like helps the show be seen by other people. So we'd really appreciate that. Um, and then just one more reminder, the Patreon uh, like we said earlier in the episode, you get early episode access at least one day, usually two. Um, ad-free episodes. You can participate live in the video versions. We've been talking to some people over here in our chat currently, mostly Bill, who can't keep himself out of here. But um, Jay's going to record his first anime corner soon. We're about to record the aftercast right now. Um, and then we're going to publish a, our first non-RPG review this week. Luigi's mentioned three. And again, just a reminder, the first aftercast will be about RPG controversies where our true opinions fly. And that's pretty much it for the plug. What's our Twitters? Twitter handlers, handles, not handlers, handles. <laughs> you want to handle my Twitter? I <laughs> uh, do. All right. So the Twitter for the show is RPG is at RPG years. You can find me at hailblue one, five, six, nine. I am at J a Y Hizzle. And I'm at the Scott spot. And if you want to talk to Bill, if you really want to, I don't advise it. Yeah. (laughs) At Matunica, that is M E T U N N I C A. He would love some, some talk. Nice. (laughs) Thanks for listening guys. I hope everyone takes a long look at fetch quest and decides once and for all, if they're needed, we'll see you next week on our Witcher TV series review. I'm rich. I'm Scott. And I'm Jay. 
We'll see you next time for episode five of the RPG After Years. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.